Friday, everybody. It's 6 o'clock. It's time for the happy hour. The happiest hour of happiness where all of the comedians come and do jokes for you. And uh, they're usually pretty good. It's usually pretty much a different group every time. Being really helpful. I want to thank you guys for doing all of the tasks on the internet because uh, it really helps. People show up to other things because of your three clicks on the internet. And I really appreciate that. I hope you guys stick around for Pantastic's Comedy Clubhouse tonight. It's a hell hat, which is one of my favorite shows. We pull crazy things out of a hat and all hell breaks loose. Uh, Steve Pogey's back from, from the wilds. Uh, excited about that. All right. It's happy hour. Pay attention to your comedians. Laugh at their jokes. Your first guy... Funny guy, uh, super excited that he is uh, applying to the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2017. Put your hands together for Hunter Uniac! Alright, thank you guys. How's everybody doing tonight? Yeah. One person, yeah. Let's go! Yeah! I don't know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to class the place up before we start off. I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Shakespeare. You seem like a smart crowd. You know, some literature jokes. All right, here we go. Fuck Shakespeare. People say he's the best author in the English language. He's not. All right, those people couldn't even read. It was 1720 or something. I can prove to you he's shit, okay? If you have to translate what you said on the opposite page, guess what? It's not fucking English. All right? Oh, my God. You remember the, uh, that to-be or not-to-be speech in Hamlet? Uh, I, I, it's like three pages about how a guy wants to commit suicide. And after the tenth line, I'm just thinking to myself, do it. Do it now. I was ready to punt the bitch off stage. The worst part about that is that was my high school's production of Hamlet, and I was Hamlet. Yeah. I don't know, guys. Um... F. Scott Fitzgerald's another one. He's supposed to be one of those great English writers. Uh, he published his first book in 1920. Nine years later, on the same day, the stock market crashed, sending us into the Great Depression. Coincidence? I think not! Fucking piece of shit. He, uh, you guys remember the Great Gatsby? Round of applause. Who remembers the Great Gatsby? All right. Round of applause. Who likes the Great Gatsby? Really? Wow, okay. Fuck you guys. I'm still going to tell the joke. <laughs> I can prove to you scientifically that book's a piece of fucking shit. All right? They hired Leonardo DiCaprio and Tobey Maguire in the main roles and, it's, and, and made it look like an acid trip and still passed off as mediocre. All right? The, the climax of the story, the climax is the main character's love interest gets accidentally ran over by a car. Really? 200 pages wasted my life and it all ends in a fucking accident? Uh, now my teacher would say it's a symbolism in the book. It's a symbolism that makes it beautiful, all right? When Gatsby carries a pool floaty to the pool, it alludes to Jesus Christ carrying a cross to his grave. Really? A pool floaty? A fucking pool floaty. That's an insult towards every single type of religion ever, all right? Here's some symbolism for you. This is my set list. It says fuck Shakespeare. That's all I want to talk to you guys about, okay? I just broke it. How do comics make money? They write good, juice, ju good jokes to perform on stage. That's how they bring bread to the table, i.e. bread. I just broke bread in front of you guys. That makes this the Last Supper. Me, Jesus, the greatest ever man to ever walk on planet Earth. You, my apostles, which is also synonymous for the word bitches. You are my bitches. I'm amazing. Fucking symbolism. Isn't it beautiful, guys? I don't know, guys. I argue with my teacher about this constantly. Constantly. And she's like, Hunter, 
You're a high school student, you don't get it. I look back at her, you teach high school English, you'll never get it. I don't know guys, I've been reading too much, buy a Kindle. I guess that's my point, buy a Kindle. I don't know. Um, speaking of reading, oh, actually no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep it classy, I'm gonna keep it classy. Um, I can get a prescription for a monocle. Yeah, if you guys didn't know that, I fucked up my eye when I was little. I got hit in the eye with a baseball, so this eye's really bad. This eye's perfect. I just wouldn't want to get it, because I know I turn into the most pompous bastard ever with it. You know, like some lady's freaking out, like, help, help, my baby's choking. Is there a doctor in the room? And I'm like, no, ma'am, there aren't any doctors, but I do have a monocle. Let's open that little fucker's mouth. See exactly how bad you screwed up as a parent while he's still alive, you know? Ah, shit, roll of quarters. That sucks. You're going to be out 10 bucks by the end of the night. All right, guys, it's my time. Give it up for your next comic, everybody. Hunter Union with a monocle and a tiny, tiny. Now I'm just imagining you as the little Monopoly guy, you know, with like the tiny monocle and the weird little top hat and like. I don't know what the song is. Yay, Hunter. All right, uh, your next comedian. I don't know if he's here or not yet. We'll see what happens in a few seconds. Uh, hey, but clap anyways for Zach Pierce. Yeah! Nope, didn't make it in time. Never mind. I don't see I don't see Kevin Wong either, so I'm gonna I don't see Jim McVeigh. These guys don't know about I know and then Matthew Banks, I don't see him either, so um what we'll do is you know who is here? He's standing right next to me and he's a hilarious is that okay? All right everybody, put your hands together for Brandon Gardner! Hey, that was crazy. All right, that was like a real, whew, that felt like a big twist. All right, I just got Shyamalan down to the stage. That's a timely reference. Hey, guys, hello. Um, uh, I, uh, a lot of people are really tense right now after everything that's been going on. Uh, like, I just was kind of, uh, I had this moment where I was talking with some people in my hometown about the election and all that, and uh, got proven wrong. Like, I made a misjudgment. Because I was uh, debating with this guy about everything that was going on. And then at one point, he, like, has this aside, like, out of nowhere. He, where he suddenly starts, like, talking about girls in a way where, like, he fetishizes, like, really pale skin and really thin, like, statures. And I told him at one point, I called him out. I was like, you just like women who look like dolls. <laughs> and he was like, no, I just like women who act like them. I was like, oh, okay, that's fair. Makes a lot of sense. I was wrong about you. <laughs> um, I uh, come from a small... Uh, hometown because I come from a fam- I grew up in a family of uh, poor Christian artists. Yeah, uh, every time uh, the lights went out in the house, every time the electricity died, my dad said we didn't pray hard enough. <laughs> uh, my mom, like uh, my mom, like at one point she told me like how to- she guided me artistically. She told me like, son, it's really good uh, to express yourself, but every time you draw something, you need to be drawing a picture of God. It was like Islam, but the opposite. And I remember one point she, it, it came down where like she got, uh, she got a call from my teacher. She said, Mrs. Garner, your son will not stop drawing pictures of Kanye West. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, I also, uh, I've been thinking about a lot of this about my past. Like I actually, uh, I remember being in a sex, human sexuality class where um, 
they they one point brought up like uh, past trauma that might influence who you are now because that's what influences a lot of people's sexuality. Like I'd be terrified of being a parent now just because if I show my kids Kermit the Frog at one point, they might only be able to get a boner to Kermit the Frog. And uh, like they brought this up and they were like asking, they split us into groups and said like, if you're able to, if you're able to share a story that like might've influenced who you are sexually. And I didn't feel like I really had one, but no one was speaking up. So I felt like I needed to bring up a story that happened. So I told them about this time where my friend and I, we were four years old. Uh, he and I were playing in the backyard. And at one point he told me to take down my pants and he took down his pants. And then we both bent over and put our butts against each other. So we went butt to butt, and uh, they and then everyone. In the cl- I told the story, and everyone in the class said, "This isn't what we're asking for." <laughs> and the thing that really sucked about it is that I didn't like. Well, I didn't really like, and I'm still uh, am heterosexual after that experience. But now I can only shit in another guy's asshole. <laughs> is that is that is that a light? Is that is that a, is that a, is that? I can't tell. Is this still a horn light? Oh, cool, cool. Just wanted to check. Thank you. Um, uh, as, uh, I don't understand, like, like, there's this phrase a lot of times people are, are like, there's phrases where kids are equated to being paragons of goodness in the world, like, uh, the phrase childlike faith, or, uh, like an article, like, uh, you won't believe these six children who robbed their mother's purses to donate to their church. Um, I don't, uh, I don't think that kids should be equated to goodness because I've never seen it. Like, as far as I know, kids are fickle and their minds change at a whim. Like, when I was growing up as a child, depending on the week, I would either hate the color blue or people named Steve. <laughs> uh, Steve, only people, oh, and the last name Poji. That was all. <laughs> <laughs> like growing up like kids weren't even creative when they gave me bad names they just named them they I remember I got it some kids called me oval head at one point their their insult for me was the name oval head I don't know if you've seen the shapes that heads come in but most of them are oval <laughs> it's not there's like no they're too on the nose to the point where it's a little absurd like, the, I just, like, feel like kids, uh, the, the way to, like, describe how kids uh, make insults is they feel like that quirky uh, character. It's in, like, a military movie when someone first joins. Like, someone gets in the military, a guy in a wheelchair rolls up to him, punches him in the stomach. And he's like, my name's Legs. <laughs> Anyone who thinks the kids are good is an oval head. They're stupid. All right. Thanks, guys. My name's Brandon. I'm done. It's because you liked Ovaltine so much and you just never understood or something. All right, your next comedian. I'm just going to kind of like go down the list of who is here because that's the way. Um, where is everybody? I'm thinking like, oh my gosh, guys. Um, because we have Zach Pierce isn't here. Kevin Wong isn't here. Jim McVeigh's not here. Matthew Banks isn't here. Is he here now? Who's here now? Matthew Banks is here. Yay. Hey, everybody. Put your, he just walked in the door. It's his turn. Put your hands together. Walking right in off the street onto the stage, Matthew Banks. This is awkward. How's everybody? I thought it was number six, but I guess some people didn't show. Anyway, what's up? How you doing? Doing pretty well? Good. What about you? How are you? Good. Doing all right. Doing all right. Had a weird day. That's all right, though. 
I uh, got a phone call. I've, I've been in San Francisco too long already. I've only been here for three months. <laughs> and uh, I'm already a little sensitive. You know, my buddy called and uh, he was asking me something. I don't know. And I was like, yeah, my boss came in the day off, so I didn't have to go to work. And he's like, man, that dude must be really cool. And I was like, um, are you really that sexist to think that my boss is a man? <laughs> And he, of course, he gave me a speech, you know. He's like, how the fuck is that sexist? He's like, did you work with your hands? You're in a field where you work with your hands. Like a hundred to one women, women might work there. He's like, give me a fucking break, dude. So, you know, he's like, hey, I was at the gym like, it was like a month ago. Like, you know, I hadn't been since, but... When I was in the bathroom, I like walked around the corner and it's like a chan- transgender person in there, and I was like freaked out for a second. And it wasn't like judgment; like I had just never had that experience before, you know. And and people were like, "Oh my God, you're so transphobic or whatever." I'm like, "I'm not transphobic. Like the next time I see them, I would be happy that they're there, and they like had the cars come in or whatever." But good Lord, like give me a break. Like I'm still getting used to the whole San Francisco thing, you know. Like I'm a uh, I'm like really open-minded. I mean, as long as like everybody agrees with what I'm saying, you know, <laughs> as long as the topic of conversation goes along with what I have to say. I thought I was like really liberal until I moved to San Francisco, like, and I was just like, holy shit! <laughs> it's like I had no idea you could go that far left, but I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. Getting a little better at it. Uh, I'm against reading. I hate it. I just, I just. I, see, everybody has that reaction. Like, my parents are, like, educators, teachers, or whatever. So is my sister, and they're all, like, pushing reading on me. And I'm like, when has reading, like, when there's, like, something really vital going on, like, when has that ever been useful? I mean, like, if you get stabbed in the back or something like that, there's blood pouring out of your back. Like, oh, I wish I would have read more in high school, you know, or uh, fucking... I was thinking, like, maybe, like, if you committed a crime, like, maybe if you killed someone on accident, you might have wished you'd have read The Outsiders or something. So you fucking cut your hair with a pocket knife and dye your hair <laughs> blonde with hydrogen peroxide. But other than that, I can't really think of any reason when it, like, really matters why I should have read. Um, I'm really full of shit. I am. That's all right, though. I, uh... I don't know, as long as you say something with conviction, though, people tend to believe it. You know, somebody told me if you have a southern accent, that makes it even more prevalent. I was like, are you fucking out of your mind? Like, I'm from Mississippi. But anyway, so I say things like, you know, if you hold your piss long enough, it'll help you perform in bed. Like, that sort of thing. Like, are you serious, bro? Oh, man. How are you, Jenny? I haven't seen you in a while. I'm good. How are you? That's because I haven't been around. I'm sure you've been around. A mystery, huh? I like that. That's good. That's good. What else was I going to talk about tonight? I have no idea. So work's been work's been good. I used to work at a job. I worked, uh, I actually was on the Colbert show and uh, as a piano tuner, but that's all right. And uh, yeah, I used to work like 70 hours a week and uh, nights, weekends, all that shit. And now I work 35 hours a week for a lot more money holy shit it's nice but uh i don't know what else nothing got nothing going on all right thanks for your time matthew banks works 35 hours a week as trump's new stunt double yay all right 
Thanks, Matthew Banks. Here, we'll put this behind us. Uh, it's still very confusing on the list because of uh, the people who signed up who have not yet. Um, there must just be terrible traffic or they can't find parking in the mission. Surprise. <laughs> Uh, something like that. I don't know. We're just we're bouncing around the list because the because there's no. Whenever Zach Pierce shows up, make sure he waves at me. I don't I don't know who he is. I know who Kevin Wong is. He's not here. That's okay. Uh, neither is Jim McVeigh. I actually ate a piece of chocolate that he gave me a couple weeks ago. I ate it today. Elizabeth Manfield not here. Did Jenny Hogan go into the potty? Yeah. Yeah. Looks like you're up. Hey everybody. She just came. This is a big entrance for her right from the bathroom. Put your hands together for Jenny Hogan. I didn't even wash my hands because I was in such a rush. Um, sorry. I, uh, I don't think men should like have to hold the door for women, um, but I think they should consider making lighter doors. I don't know. I just some of them are uh, like genuinely heavy, you know. And I don't think like guys should have to pay on dates, but I I don't understand why more restaurants don't have free wine, you know. I think that would just ease the whole thing. Um, I do think I have noticed that the kind of guys who hold the door are the guys who are like most likely to want to look at your ass like on the other side. And I've noticed it because they're always looking like at the spot where my butt's gonna be in like three steps. No, so not that I'm a scientist or anything, but I've kind of put it together. Um, oh yeah, so I walk through doors backwards now. I don't know. I do feel like there's always like the you know that like awkward amount of time that you're not sure how long you should wait because you're not sure that someone's like holding the door for you. Do you get that, Elizabeth? Like where you just don't know if someone's holding the. Okay, I. I've heard that the thing you're supposed to do is the, the amount of time you're supposed to wait is exactly as long as it takes them to think that you're not waiting and walk through the door at the same time as you. Like that's kind of, I think that's like the appropriate thing to do, like according to Miss Manners. Like if you don't, if you're not like going through the doorway at the same time, you, uh, you made an assumption, you know? <laughs> like <laughs> that's, uh, that's kind of the truth. Um, I have a yeast infection in my mouth. Uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I, no, it's true, no, it's true, it's true, I do, um, I, uh, do you want to, well, I actually, all right, so I have a, how, um, I'm not sure, I'm pretty sure that it has something to do with not washing my, uh, mouth guard enough, but, um, I, I, but, but when I went to the doctor to get, I would like, I was like this fucked up that I would get a yeast infection in my mouth. Like I haven't given a blowjob in like a really long time, and like this would still happen to me, you know. Uh, but then I was like, God's a man, you know. He's he's uh, he's angry at me um, for not giving up blowjobs. But I, <laughs> I went to the doctor, and they said that one of the things that can cause this is HIV. Um, and that was like the only thing they told me for like a while. So I was like, okay, I need to be responsible and call all my ex-boyfriends, you know, and like just kind of not about the HIV thing, like just to check in with them, you know, see if we were still broken up. <laughs> kind of, you know, every once in a while, I like to just sort of get the pulse on the ground, uh, see how things are going with them. I uh, usually when boys call me, did you honk me? No? No. All right. All right. Usually when boys call me, what they tell me is that they butt dialed me. Yeah. Which means that they call me with their butts. Uh, like they didn't mean to. They're like the phone was in their pocket or something. Um, and I am always like, you know what? Like if your butt wants to talk, like I'm willing to listen. But uh, 
I don't really understand like why like I just wish I could use butt dialing as an excuse like you know like you call someone with your butt because you don't really mean to but I wish I could use my butt as like an excuse for other things like I'm sorry like I just like butt commented on your profile picture like your slide like but I didn't mean it it was like a butt comment like or like I didn't really I mean we made friends too quickly I just like butt befriended you but like my bad or like no that sex doesn't count I just butt fucked you um. all right I'm done thanks guys Jenny Hogan and her butt friends yay it's a cute concept all right. Oh, uh, also, uh, she has a show at Kells on the 30th. You guys should all go see that. They keep changing the name of it. It went from banana bread to something. Now it's like, get get it, get it, get it. I don't I don't know. <laughs> but they put on good shows. You guys should go see that. Your next comedian is another funny. I apologize tonight to you guys. I got, I'm, I'm a little sick, so my voice sounds funny, and I'm just like, I'm like, blah, blah, blah. Um, but your next comedian is funny, so you should laugh for her and clap your hands wildly for Elizabeth Mansfield. Thank you. Is this on? Right. Clap all six hands of you. How's it going, guys? Um, so I saw somebody shooting heroin for the very first time today. Yeah, it was crazy. I came out of yeah, yay for heroin. I like I see I, I work in Civic Center and so I see people in groups hanging out all the time, but I've never seen anyone actually like stick a needle in their skin before and shoot up. And I saw it and I was like I was a little bit horrified, but I was also a little bit fascinated. And I was like, I cannot believe like this is the world I live in that I'm like just walking home from work and I'm seeing people stick needles in themselves. But I couldn't dwell on it too long because I had to get to acupuncture. Um, so which I just came from, which is like acupuncture is like the white girl's heroin. Like I think the similarities are crazy. Like you get a bunch of needles in you and then all of your pain goes away and then you take a nap. <laughs> it's literally exactly the same thing, but I think it's more expensive. So I need to kind of reconsider this. Um, it might be too soon for this one, but like, do you guys think that um, Hillary Clinton is maybe just like the teeniest bit relieved that she doesn't have to go to work in the room where her husband got blown? Maybe. Like, like I don't even like to sleep in my own bed after I have sex with somebody. And that's like me doing the deed. Like, I can't imagine having to go to work every day in a room where like your husband committed a sex act with that woman and then like trying to solve terrorism. Like, like after I sleep somebody at my house, like I'm constantly on the lookout for like any errant pubes. Hat tips to you for that one, Pam. Um, and I feel like Hillary would be sitting there like trying to negotiate with like other heads of state and her eye would keep drifting down to like the little stain on the carpet. Like, was that from him? I just feel like she might just be a little bit relieved. Um, what else? I just had a birthday. Clap. Thank you. I'm drawing it out as much as I can. Um, and think, yeah, I'm, I just turned 35, so I'm officially like in my mid 30s. And I don't know, like everything's changing now that I'm getting older. Like, it's like the second I turned 35, like all this stuff was different. Like, I used to love bringing strangers home to have sex. Like, that was like my thing, was like fucking strangers. And I just like kick them out and clean my entire apartment. But now it's like the only reason I would bring someone home is like just to smell their coffee breath in the morning and just like have that little comfort. And it's, it's almost turning to like a fetish. Like, like I've gone up to guys and be like, do you want to come home and make coffee and then breathe on me? 
And you guys would be surprised at the number of people who are so into that. They're like, yes, I would. I don't even have to have sex with them. It's great. Um, what else? Yeah, I just, I don't know. Like, this is a lonely fucking city. Like, I'm just like craving human connection. Like, I get in an, uh, I almost said an airplane. <laughs> I get in an elevator now and I kind of just like greyhound people. Like, just to touch someone. Like, like I realized, I got a facial the other day and I realized like how long it had been since I had my face touched. <laughs> Like, I, you never get your face touched. And I was like, well, it's also been a really long time since I had my vagina touched, but all we have for that is bikini waxes where they just, like, rip all your hair out and then send it to Donald Trump's toupee people. Mine, at least, because I have blonde pubic hair and fans clapping for my Trump joke. Um, I'm going to end on that. I just, uh, pubes, vaginas. Okay, thanks, bye. Elizabeth Bansfield and her blonde pubes, yay! You- you know, the best thing about having blonde pubes is you don't see when they turn gray until they turn really, really gray. See, I have brown, I have dark brown, like, pubic hairs, and they started turning gray when I was, like, 32. I found my first one, and I was, I felt like, um, who's that superhero when she touches people and she gets their powers? Morpheus. The frosty girl. She's touched. Rogue. Rogue. I felt like Rogue because I felt like I had, a, like, a gray splotch of, like, a nice swatch of gray in my pubes. It made me feel really powerful, like I was going to steal everybody's. Okay. Your next comedian. Your next comedian isn't here. Where is everyone? Where is DCAB here? The drummer comedian Aaron Barrett walk in? Oh, shit. I was going to get really excited. Um, well, we could say, too, I'll promote his thing. On December 1st, uh, Floating Goat is having their double LP release party. The Finally, their third uh, album, fourth album, is coming out, and it's a double LP, and it's real vinyl, and it's fucking awesome. So uh, look up Floating Goat and see, see where that is when, I think it's at Hemlock. All right, so going down the list. La, 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 la. Can I, can you go up? Is that okay? All right. Uh, he produces shows at the Purple Onion with Ginny Hogan. You guys can see them on the 30th. Put your hands together for the very funny Jeff Dean. How's everybody doing? So I, I, I learned the other day, apparently it's uh, pretty common for women to cry after sex. Right, guys? Right? No? But, you know what I'm talking about, Matt Banks, right? No, <laughs> that too, that too. Um, but apparently I've learned that it's fairly common, not as common, but fairly common for girls to cry after masturbating too, which makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like so much better. <laughs> um, which I'm actually kind of jealous. Like talk about two great feelings, one after another, you know? Really let off some steam. I don't know if I could do it, actually. I was like, I'm not hydrated enough. Um, for you, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like crying and masturbating, like they're basically the same thing. Like they feel the same afterwards, just totally different before, you know? Stick with me on this one. Like, 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 when I think about my ex-girlfriend, I, I masturbate, right? Because it's just, like, the most recent, you know? Um, and when I think about, like, her new boyfriend, I cry, you know? Like, not that different. They're both just ways to deal with not having sex in a long time. 
You know, they're just, they're both just ways to get to sleep easier. And I wonder, like, why is it that typically males masturbate so much more than females? Is it because we're, like, shamed? Like, we're not allowed to cry? Like, I kind of wish I could cry more. You know, like, when girls cry, you ever see they go up to their girlfriends and, like, oh, I had a good cry. Like, I can't do that. That must be, like, half the fun of crying is being able to, like, talk about it later. I can't talk about it. It's kind of like, like sometimes when I go to the gym, I listen to God smack, but like, I don't tell anyone that. You know? Anyway, I, like maybe they both release the same tension, I'm thinking. Like, do you just kind of replace crying with masturbating as you get older? Like, when you're a little boy, like, you cry and it's totally cool, and then you're older and it's like not cool anymore, so like, we just jerk off all the time? Is that what happens? I don't know. Um, sometimes when I cry, I feel like I gain perspective. You know, people are always like, Jeff, you need to get some perspective. But I don't actually understand that really. Like, I feel like they're just telling me to like, remember that I'm better than other people. You know, like there's, hey, get some perspective. There's people out there who suck, Jeff, you know, even worse than you do. Like, be grateful. You could be like John. He lost his wife and his house in the same week. He's a loser. John's a loser. Be grateful, Jeff. I don't think it's a good thing to say because, I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, I hate hanging out with guys one-on-one. That's the worst. Like if I'm hanging out with two guys and one goes to the bathroom, like I have a panic attack. Sometimes my friends, they come visit me from Reno and like, they're like, Jeff, let's go drinking. And I'm like, oh, great. Like, we're going to have, you know, bourbon on the rocks and we're going to talk about like past relationships and how our parents like scarred us, you know, and it's going to be like a really good talk. And then they're like, let's hook up with some chicks. And I'm like, no, (laughs) it's so unrealistic, you know, (laughs) now I have to like spit game. I don't know what that means. And then he always ends up like making out with some chick and I'm like, what happened to us? You know, like we were bonding. Anyway, I'm Jeff Dean. Thank you. Jeff Dean, yay. Why is he masturbating so much, ladies? Come on, somebody date him. He's a darling young man. Uh, I guess there was police activity on the bridge. So I apologize for earlier in the set when we were telling people to fuck themselves for not being here on time because apparently it was the police's fault. Like everything else, it's why I fuck the police. Coming straight from the underground, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, all right. Um, so I'm going to give Jim McVeigh a minute to settle in before we call him up. And I'm going to thank you for the delicious chocolate. I ate that truffle pig today. And let me tell you, oink, oink, it was delicious. Uh, it was, it was, I really enjoyed it. Okay, so going down the list, let's see who else is here. This in here. Um, George, will you take a, will you take a bullet? Yay! Hey, everybody, put your hands together for George Davis Smith! All right, I brought notes. Spend a minute. How you guys doing tonight? That's good. All right, let's see. Oh, yeah, I want to start with this tonight. I want to get something off my chest. These man boobs. 
sitting on top of a bird bones. Like, anyway. Oh, yeah. I've been uh, listening to like D&D shit and trying to get back into D&D because I'm a fucking nerd. But what I was noticing was <laughs> the real acronym to D&D is DAD because it's Dungeons and Dragons. So you'd be like, hey, guys, you want to come over and play some DAD? <laughs> I'm good, guys. I'm good. I don't want to play DAD with you dudes. I'm good. No, not tonight. No. Oh, yeah. Let me calm down here. Let's hop on the fucking bad joke drain to say it down for a second. Just kidding. Oh, yeah, okay. People have been talking about Donald Trump and all that bullshit, and everybody's all sad and shit. I thought it was funny because, like, I was like, well, what if he doesn't leave? That would be like, you know, they've been talking about, what about this amazing transition of power? Like, isn't it amazing, like, how this country, you know, is a transition of power? It's like, what if this fuck doesn't decide to leave? This is like, it does it like end like an action movie and shit? Like the fucking government, like, does, like they bomb the White House? Like what the fuck happens? Like I'm kind of excited to like watch that if that happens from like California. But anyway. All right. Other bullshit I wrote down this morning. Oh yeah. People always talk about like, it's really funny when people say like, hey, you know I'm a nice guy. And the first thing you think of is, well that fuck is not a nice guy. Well, I was thinking, you know what? <laughs> I'm boring, and I like mean that shit though. It don't mean no like, oh, he's like really cool and got cool shit. No, no. Sometimes people just mean the fuck what they mean. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they'd be like, you know, fuck faggots. And you know, sometimes that guy really just wants to put a bullet in a motherfucker, right? It doesn't mean he's gay. You know, you might want to do a little due diligence before you go out and be like, well, that dude's just gay. I'm like, no, that dude just might be fucking dangerous. But that's just some old. That's my Michigan click. Can't get a word out. Anyway, let's see. Oh yeah, I was thinking, what if protests? What if? Uh, what would the coverage look like if Trump lost? You know, would they be calling those people fucking assholes and dirtbags and uh, you know dumb fucks, or would they be like, you know, these people are really fighting for the women? You know, like what would the fucking coverage be like? I'd like to know. But we don't live in that world. We live in this world. You know, bad fucking dildo bullshit. Okay, here's a weird one. Because this has been on my mind for a minute. I was listening to podcasts like I normally do because I'm boring. And um, <laughs> there was a question asked on a recent episode of Armantown, and nobody had a decent answer. So I figured I'd throw this out to y'all. What's a one syllable, a one, obviously one word, one syllable, non offensive word for vagina? That's not it. Cunt's not it. That's what I went. Kind of peach, maybe. But you, I was saying, so he was sad, grab him by the peach? That don't sound right. That don't, but then I just figured, oh, well, fuck. It's not, it's not the word. It's the grabbing that's fucked up. You could say I grab him by the anything. I grabbed her by the hand. No, that's fucked up. I grabbed her by the, it's fucked up. Don't grab anybody by anything if you can help it. All right, anyway. I did that. Oh, man, fuck that. I'll do that on Monday. Oh yeah, around town, there's these stupid um, signs on the Muni bus about uh, there's these really long ads that say like, uh, I spent like six weeks trying to get my fucking uh, uh, bullshit together. Fuck you, uh, sales force. It's like fresh sales. Sorry, it took us so long to come back and get started. I was like, what's all these words on the bus? You could do that shit literally in two fucking, 
it would be so much more effective if it just said, fuck you, Salesforce, fresh sales. Done. You don't need all that extra snark and bullshit. It's like so fucking schnoozy and smoozy. Anyway, that's it. Fuck you, Salesforce. Good night, guys. Fuck Salesforce. I don't even know what Salesforce does. I don't know. It's in the cloud. Yay. George Davis. Yay. The cloud. I don't understand any of it. I uh, can't wait for the uh, solar flares when the internet doesn't exist anymore. And then we're like, what do we do? How do we denature protein over with the heat without a microwave? All right. Big, big questions uh, for that your next comedian might or might not answer. Uh, put your hands together and slap them in a wild, clappy-like motion. For Jim McVeigh! Hello. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of traffic. I had to take BART uh, like, a, like a regular person. It was disgusting. Uh, I haven't been on a date in a really long time, and uh, I asked a lady out, and, uh, and she flaked right at the last minute. And at first, I was sad, but then it hit me. The relief of a date getting canceled was better than any sex I've ever had. Who would have thought not playing miniature golf would be the greatest orgasm of my life? I was into it. I've found my new kink not having to go on stupid dates. Um, I think the reason why adults have such a hard time with dental hygiene is because you have to look at yourself in the mirror every morning. Like, I'm every morning I have to face my failure and like I like to keep up on my teeth just because I'm dead inside doesn't mean I have to smell like it uh, so I, I try and keep up and I got made fun of for buying an electric toothbrush and uh, part of the reason why I like an electric toothbrush is because it's louder than all the screaming in my head uh, I turn it on and it, it makes the same noise that I'm making on the inside it's just like and then when I start brushing it around it sounds like it's saying, oh, why, why, why? And now I'm ready for work. Uh, I can tell that I look lost and aimless in life by the amount of times that military recruiters come up and talk to me. <laughs> they must like, they must see me and be like, oh shit, look at that guy. He looks aimless and capable of murder. Let's give him a gun. Uh, so I, they always touch me when they talk to me. Like they put their hand on my shoulder. Uncle Sam, another uncle with poor boundaries. Who knew? And uh, uh, okay. <laughs> uh, and like I, this fella, he started talking to me, recruiter, and uh, he started he started asking me questions. And he's like, "Ooh, how old are you?" And I was like, "Uh, 27." And he's like, "Ooh, that's a little old for us." Uh, so now the U.S. Marine Corps is negging. Uh, like that's part of their like just try this out try what the guys do at the bars see if you can get some losers in the van and uh, I gotta say it kind of works uh, it works on me like he's using the same tactics that men use to pick up ladies to get me to join like the army and if he had kept it up for a little while longer I might have fucked him like that's how like I'm just saying it sort of works um, I was uh, I was rooting around in my parents' garage, and I was like going through old boxes, trying to find evidence that we're like secretly rich, and this was all just like some some lesson. Uh, and I found my dad's Confederate flag, and yeah, uh, I would have rather found photos of a second family. I would have I would have found like a photo of a boy who looked just like me with a label that says "Better Boy," uh, and. 
I like I would have rather found my dad's porn that he made, but I found a Confederate flag. But I wasn't too concerned. My father is from England, but I have no idea what his politics are. He's very he's strange. Uh, so I asked him, and I was like, "Hey, Dad, why is there a Confederate flag in the garage?" And he said, "Oh, you bought that for me." And I was like, "Oh, really? I don't I don't remember buying you a Confederate flag." And he's like, "You bought it. You came home with it at a garage sale. You were about nine. You thought it was a British flag." Uh, so. First question, what was I doing at some guy's house who was selling Confederate flags? He just, why was he selling his Confederate flag? Did he give up on the South? Uh, maybe you don't need a Confederate flag when it's tattooed on your body. So maybe he just let it go. And I always wondered, like, why my parents never pushed me to be, like, uh, I don't know, like, like a doctor or a lawyer. They always said, I could go to trade school. And I think it comes down to that day that I made my dad give up on me. Uh, so I think that's about all I want to say. Uh, I hope you all have a good night. Um, I'm not going anywhere. I'm just going to sit down now. Okay. All right. Goodbye now. Yay, yay, Jim McVeigh. He didn't give up on you. He gave up on the school system, Jim. If they didn't teach you what a Confederate flag looked like, you got to blame you got to blame the teachers. Uh the uh uh yeah. We should, you know. I didn't you guys have pictures? We had to look at pictures of people being lynched. <laughs> you didn't see that in your high school English? I mean, high history class? No, just in the 90s where they have people swinging from the trees. You didn't see that stuff? And then they played that song, the, they sang that strange, they played the Strange Fruit song by the, is it Etta James? No, I don't know. Billie Holiday. Billie Holiday. I'm sorry. See, they didn't teach me anything either. <laughs> All right. The past makes way for the future through the now. And other, other words that people string together. Your next comedian was homeschooled, so I bet he knows what a Confederate flag was. Please put your hands together, everybody, for Ian Levy! Break the rules, set the laws, but those are down below. See it all, slip away through no fault of their own. I'm a floundering philanthropist. I'm a floundering philanthropist. I'm a I'm a floundering philanthropist. I'm a floundering ph philanthropist. I I'm a I'm a floundering philanthropist. I'm a floundering philanthropist. All I ever wanted, all I ever wanted was to make a difference. That's all. Do my part. Help, help, you know, help end racism. Help end sexism. Help, help end world hunger and poverty. What am I, I thought, you know what, I'll start a social media campaign. That will do some good, right? I'll start a social media campaign. I'll get on my phone and get people active, Jimmy. That's what I'll do. But you know what, my phone, what I wanted to use to end world suffering, it was made in a factory out of Chinese orphan tears. That doesn't help. That is, that's just part of the problem. So I said, fuck it, we'll do grassroots stuff. We'll do, I'll go door to door, I'll go door to door. 
on the San Francisco scene, Ian Levy. That was lovely. Look at him break the mold. All right. I, I don't know. I, it's like, I feel like I'm on that show, remember? Oh, I see. I see Jesse. You know, remember that show, Romper Room? And she's, I see Jenny, I see Matthew, I see Elizabeth, and I see our next special comedian. He's a special young man. I saw pictures of the best team ever today because of him, Uniqlo. I didn't even know what that was. I think it has something to do with children's clothing. Maybe it doesn't. He's a very funny man. You guys are going to enjoy him very much. So clap, clap, clap for Jesse Warren. Yeah, I posted that shit on my Facebook uh, team photo with my company. Uh, An hour ago was uh, the last... I just quit my job. Uh, that was my last day. <laughs> yeah. What's up? Yeah. Because I don't want to be a f- an engineer anymore. That shit's gross, man. It's no fun. If you tried it, it's no good. Because in college, I thought I was really passionate about computers, but then I graduated and I was like, wait, no, it was Adderall. I was passionate about Adderall. Computers are gross. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool, cool ass shitty. Uh, yeah, man. So I did that. And now I'm feeling weird. Probably gonna go drink. Uh, trying to meet girls in real life instead of the apps. Trying to do that shit. Uh, so I, I'm trying to do the cold approach. You guys know what the cold approach is? That's where you just start a conversation with a stranger. It's a term millennials kind of came up with because they're so dependent on apps to mean like just saying hi. That's kind of like. <laughs> What that is, it's just a fancy way to say that. Um, but I don't, I don't really get it. So I was talking to my friend who's like super good with women and uh, he's, like, he's like great. He like has a girlfriend, it's crazy. And uh, <laughs> it's insane, he's just killing it. He's, he's killing it, man. So I'm like, all right, man, like if you do this shit, what do you, what do you say? And he's like, uh, just go up and say hi. I'm like, are you crazy? Saying saying an unprovoked hi 
to a stranger is sexual assault. This is insane. I'm never going to do that. So he's like, okay, fine. If you're not going to do that, say the, f- so use the three second rule with women. Does anybody know what this is? So, so I was like, okay, what's, is that where like, if it's, if, if it's kind of dirty, hey, you dude, you stole my punch, man. Okay, the punch, hey. All right, well, for Elizabeth, all right, so is, I'm like, is that where, if it's kind of dirty, you can still put it in your mouth? Is that, yeah. was yours better? Was your, <laughs> yours might be better. I'll, so I appreciate it, all right. And he's like, uh, yeah, um, my mouth infection. All right, so I'm, I'm like, no, he's like, no, that's where you walk up to a girl and you say something. So if you see a girl you want to talk to, you say something before three seconds. That way you don't have time to talk yourself out of it before doing it. Um, and I'm like, okay, shit, well, what do I say, though? He's like, say the first things that come to your mind in three seconds. Which is, I'm like, no! Are you serious? That's crazy. Like, what do you, what comes to your mind in the first three seconds, man? I, like, I'm just like, the first things that come to my mind, I'm just like, I, I want to, I want to buy you a home. I want you to be my wife. And that was just me being like nicer. Those aren't actually my real thoughts. Like my, but, but, uh, but even those are still ridiculous. But like, it's not until like, I gotta, it's like when you're writing jokes, it's like you gotta get down all your bad ideas before you can get a good one, right? So that's why you like write them all out. But he wants me to say the first shit that comes to mind. No, thank you, man. Yeah. All right, so I'm doing that shit. Um, I'm doing that shit to meet girls. Let me see what I have about that. You can talk yourself out of it. Okay, so, but talking yourself out of it, man, I think that's like a defense mechanism, right? Like, there's a reason your brain tells you not to walk up to this chick. Like, you're... uh, I'm Eskimo Bros with Drake. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm Eskimo Bros with Drake. It's the proudest thing of my life. Nobody's able to take this from me. Uh, I saw this girl at this party and I was like, man, she even like carries herself like she's fuck Drake. It's crazy. <laughs> like she's walking a little more emotionally. She's just like fucking, she's just got it going on. I'm like, damn, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm into this. And, um, I was fortunate enough to hook up with her and the whole time I was just like, damn, fucking Drake's been here, man. I'm fucking loving this. Like, I wonder if Drake did this. What was Drake thinking? Because what was just like a fling to Drake was the single most important moment of my adult life. And uh, yeah, man, that was dope. All right, thank you, guys. Jesse Warren. Hitting on all the bitches. Yeah. All right, we are going off the list again, but it's going to be worth it. I promise you. You guys are in for a treat just off his Midwest tour. Also on the Hell Hat tonight, clappity clap clap for Steve Poggi. shit on him and turn him into a yes. Yeah, see, I can go two times in a night because I don't have an act anymore. I just, I just got rid of it, um, which is a little disappointing. Uh, unfortunately, as you'll find out as you grow in your comedy career, everything is disappointing. You never reach a happy moment. The second you're like, oh, we want you to host. You're like, well, if I get 10 more minutes, I could middle. And then once you're middling, you're like, if I just get 20 more minutes, I could headline. And then once you're headlining, you're like, why the fuck did I choose this profession? <laughs> I, 
I could have gone to college and made something of myself. Uh, and th that's true with everything. I, there was a couple, of, maybe a year back, two years. I smoke weed. I don't really have a good timeline. Um, <laughs> a little while back, they had some like comedy thing, like like vote for the best host in San Francisco, right? And uh, they, they're the best storyteller. And uh, th these two really popular whores tied. But I was the runner-up. I was, I was fucking, hey, I was there. And I was so happy. Because I don't really know people. I mean, I just get drunk and fucked up. And I don't really like, what's up, brother? I don't really, you know, get into the politics, everyone's shit. You know, I'm just a regular person. So to get this thing, I thought it would be cool. I thought I'd get a nudge up, like a little accolade. Uh, no, I just got people online complaining uh, because I'm a storyteller. And they're like, in his, in his story with his ex-girlfriend, he calls her a bitch. He's a misogynist. He hates women. He doesn't support equal pay. He's a hater. He's gonna, and it's like, well, no, it's, it's a real story. That's why I called her a bitch. <laughs> when you're engaged to somebody and three months before your wedding, she drains your bank account and runs off with your best friend, you don't call her Linda. I'm, I'm not a misogynist. I can't even pronounce it correctly. I thought saying bitch was conservative. I thought it showed that I healed and I made something. At, like I, didn't, I wanted to call her Pollywog Whoreface and I didn't. Because I'm a gentleman and I have fucking standards. So uh, yeah, I, was, uh, I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, and I filmed a special, uh, which is a nice way of saying I gave all my money from the gig to the cameraman. Uh, and, and he recorded me. I went up there and he recorded. He sure as fuck did. Uh, a week before then, uh, my dad has been having some heart problems and he called me up and he was like, my life's unmanageable. I need you to come home right now. And I'm like, dude, I'm on, I'm on tour. Like, like I'm in Arizona. Like I'm not, I'm not near, you know, Benicia right? or Benica if you're from out of town. I can't. And he was like, no, I like, really need you. He's like, I need you to cancel gigs. And I'm like, okay. So after the special, I'll get rid of everything. <laughs> can you hold out till the special? He was like, yeah, I can do that. I was like, dude, you're a trooper. <laughs> Hang in there. Don't die on me beforehand. But it was weird. Like all my life when I was a young kid, I wouldn't come home exactly on time all the time. And then when I did get home, my mom would be fucking pissed off beyond. I was worried. You'll understand what it's like when you're a parent. And I'm like, you're a fucking psychopath. You know, I'm, you know, I'm 13. I can handle myself out here in these rough, you know, Vallejo streets. And uh, that, that, it's not true at all. Because the second my dad didn't return one of my phone calls, I just panicked. I'm fucking shit-faced drunk after doing an hour of comedy. And I'm like, he's dead. It's not cut. The tour's back on, guys. We're going back out on tour. He's dead. We can't fucking do anything about it. He died on his own decision. <laughs> then you get the phone call, and you're like, all right, the tour's over. No more tour. I, I got really excited there. It was, it was like it was so hardcore before I left I had to give Pam's boyfriend Jonathan my house key to be like if 16 hours passes and there's no communication you got to storm the gates of Mordor you fucking got to go in there and see what happened to the ring all right and don't touch anything because you might be accused of murder if you do don't touch anything
Anytime you have a mohawk, you're guilty of something, right? That's, you have a mohawk or a Fu Manchu, you're not talking your way out of shit. You're going to jail. They're taking your fingerprints. They're swabbing your cheek cells. You'll probably get hit with the lime dust. Not speaking from experience. Uh, it, was, it was funny when uh, the biggest, when I, like when I go out on the road and you're a headliner, the whole show is yours. Like up until that point, they're like, don't curse, don't do crowd work, don't do any of this stuff. When you're the headliner, you're like, don't fucking suck, you piece of shit. We're paying you fucking $1,300. Don't go out there and fucking blow it in front of Tulsa's finest. So it puts a lot of pressure on you, right? And you get, you get to, to do different things. Uh, Tulsa, strange place, strange place. They didn't care if I said cunt. Uh, I could say motherfuckers as much as I wanted to. They asked me to say the N-word. I decline. I'm from San Francisco. I've got, I've got fucking people I care about. I'm not firing that shit off for nothing. They offered $100. I said, nope, 300 or nothing. They were like, all right, we fold. I'm like, that's right. And, uh, but, but it was, it was weird. They would, they would ride motorcycles without helmets. And they had tornadoes without basement. But you couldn't say goddamn. That was the, no GDs, Poge. No GDs. And I thought it was good day because I didn't associate God with anything, to be honest. I was just like, all right, no good days. So I was like, how's your night? That's it for me. Thank you. Yay, and then yay. All right, back on the list. Uh, your next comedian has tattoos on his head, but he's really nice. Don't be afraid of him. Uh, clap those, slap those meat paws together for Jeremy Adkins. Thank you, Pam. Oh, always nice to be here. I, uh, my introductions, I like Pam's introductions. My introductions are all over the map. A friend of mine hosts this show, introduces me, he says, this next comic's gonna need a lot of love, a lot of laughs. I'm pretty sure he's going back to prison next week. It's like, ah. And as I'm walking up to the mic, this woman's standing against the bar, she's looking around. Huh? Huh? Oh, there he is, there he goes, I see him. I got him. And I'm thinking, fuck lady, I know I make questionable decisions, but that's just my intro. This isn't a barroom game of see something, say something. That's just, this is just my life. I, uh, <laughs> I, make, I definitely make some questionable decisions. Like, basically, the bar has been set very low for the goals that I'm going to achieve in this life. I think my mother is just happy that I spelled the tattoos correctly. <laughs> I, uh, I'm like a, a low-budget version of the, the character from Omino if he gave himself some really shitty clues on how to get through this life. Like, one of the decisions, though, that I made early on with texting was, and it's a good decision, was to text people when I want to try to, like, you know, hey, I feel for you, or try to say something nice in a, in a bad moment. I, I do so badly in person. What I'm trying to say is, the right moment, I'm going to say the wrong thing. I have the best ability to say the worst thing right at the best moment. I was on tour with a band, and we were staying at a friend of mine's house, and all the beds and couches were taken. So my friend said, well, you can share a bed with me. This is a nice woman. She's cool. Known her for a very long time. 
And so we're asleep. And I guess I wanted to assure of her, of her safety. So I, I took my 240-pound frame, and I rolled over, and I wrapped both arms around her, and I leaned in, and I whispered, don't worry, I won't hurt you. <laughs> That's a problematic statement, no matter what the context is. There's no situation where you can say that to a woman, and somebody else doesn't go, you're a monster. You're a fucking creep. Right? Like, you can't say that to a woman in the middle of a dinner party at any volume, let alone leaning in and going, don't worry, I won't hurt you. It's horrible. Like, that's what you say right before you do hurt someone. In fact, I'll admit, I have said it right before I hurt someone. So basically, I took a statement that I've used to threaten somebody with, and I tried to reassure somebody with it. That's how good I am. I... Uh, <laughs> Like, you know how you reassure somebody you're not going to hurt them? You don't say anything, and you don't hurt them. It's that simple. Like, I, I could have just stayed asleep and said, I rolled over and went back to sleep. I don't think she's ever slept again. <laughs> so I don't, I don't have time for the second part of that joke. But, uh, okay. All right. So... So I realized how bad I am still to this day at that when on the night that he won, that Tuesday. Like, I think it's going to be forever known as the night that he won. Like, long after society has just crumbled, it's all gone. There's, like, rubble and people telling stories around campfires because there's no longer technology. People are like, okay, so I'll tell you about the night he won. And some little kid will be like, who was he? And the guy will reply, he was the orange one. And when he came, it all was ruined. Right? Like, so I got really fucking high and decided to binge on ice cream because what the fuck else was I going to do? There was nothing to do, nothing left. So I'm wandering around 7-Eleven, super high, I mean really high, thinking, holy shit, our president-elect wears spray tan. The guy we elected to the, to the highest office of our country his head could get confused with a peach-flavored cotton candy from the county fair. What the fuck? And so I set the ice cream on the counter, and the guy across the counter said, how's it going? And I just looked at him, he fucking won! He fucking won! And he, he kind of went, oh, okay, okay. And he started backing away. And I guess he, I just decided he, he didn't understand how dismayed I was, so I said, it was fucking insane. It's crazy. And I took my ice cream and walked out because he wasn't appreciating my, my humor. He was trying to go out the back door. I got in the parking lot, and that's when I remembered the other introduction that that same host used to give me, which was, this next comic's the nicest guy who looks like he's going to commit a hate crime. <laughs> and in that parking lot, I realized, oh, shit, none of what I just yelled at that guy told him what side of the coin I was on. He has no idea what the fuck happened. He doesn't know if it was, he won, and now I'm going to kill you, motherfucker. <laughs> or, he won, I'll hide you in my basement. We're one with the universe together, my brother. Like, he didn't know at all. So I decided, I can fix this. And I walked back inside and leaned on the counter. I leaned in close, and I said, don't worry, I won't hurt you. <laughs> Thank you, Pam.
Hi, Jeremy Atkins. He won't hurt you. It went full circle. Yes. Uh, your next comedian is my favorite communist, and uh, he's going to help lead the way to the new future. I will follow him into a socialist wonderland. Put your hands together, everybody, for Gene Fell. Keep it going for Pam, everybody. The proletariat is getting fucked. Just an FYI. Um, but we won't start with this tonight. So we have more important things to discuss. So did you guys realize that even though a queef kind of sounds like a fart, you cannot light it on fire? <laughs> like, at first I was relatively surprised by it, but then I figured like, well, it makes sense because they can still fart, right? So that makes it sort of fair. Um, let's see. So I recently figured out why we love dogs. And by we, I mean like humans. Like I've never had a dog when I was a kid, but uh, my girlfriend has three dogs now, and so I kind of I basically discovered dogs in my early 30s. And here's what I think is happening, right? Like dogs have personality, they have emotions, and in that they're very human, but we love them because they don't have language, which means that they can't actually convey information, which means that they, can, they cannot plot against you, they cannot lie, you know, like, like we call female dogs bitches, but it's so fucking unfair, right, I guess like, you know, like a female dog would never put you in a friend zone, for example, <laughs> like, no chance, a female dog would not fucking prostitute her daughter into beauty passions. Um, you know, wouldn't be able to have phone sex. Um, let's see. Okay, well, I guess we might as well talk about the election, so fucking Trump. I don't know. Um, some of my friends voted for Trump, which is bullshit, because, and, and, and the reason why is uh, they're Jewish and they voted for Trump because they thought that he's better for Israel. And I'm like, that's fucking idiotic, man, you know? Like, yeah, not every Trump voter is a bigot, but every bigot who voted did vote for Trump. And, you know, if the shit really hits the fan, like, maybe the first riot is not gonna be for us. But I guarantee we're going to get at least one of the first 10. So whatever, just can't hurt people's feelings like that when, because at some point there will be time to hide. And then you want someone to turn to. I don't know. Um, how much time do I have left? Is that a minute? I think I'm going to stop. Oh, hold on. No, I have a perfect joke for this amount of time, actually. What do you guys think is the most important invention, like, in the history of civilization? The what? Fire, fire is not quite an invention. It's more of a discovery. But you're thinking in the right direction. What else? 
The wheel, yeah. So everybody always says the wheel, but I think the wheel is the second most important. The first more, most important invention was pulling out, right? Until the man realized that there's a link between finishing and pulling out, there was no hope. And with that, thank you very much, guys. Have a good night. Gene Feld and his theories. Go, cavemen. Pull out. Those lambskin condoms never work. Uh, all right. They just kill. It's actually. Anyways. Right, why even use them if they don't work? Technology. Yes, condoms. Another leap in technology. Uh, Kevin Wong never came. Zach Pierce. Jason Cole. None of these people. No, no. You know who is here in the house in the hizzy? Uh, very funny man. Put some disturbing things in the hell hat today. Put your hands together and hold them there for a long time. Maybe even lash them together with some ropes or maybe zip ties. Whatever you're into. For Ken Suzuki! These thoughts rattle through my head. Thank you, Pam. And fuck those people whose names got rid out who are not here. How dare you? How dare We're trying to convince Pam to stay in America, and you're not helping. By the way, listen, Pam, you're, you're a stand-up comic. You can't do stand-up in Spanish. What are you going to do? Oh, I'm really not worried. You, really? The right is what you're worried about with anti-Semitism? Go to a BDS meeting in Berkeley and tell me what, how that turns out for you. Oh, oh, the right is the, the bastion of anti-Semitism. Oh, he gets it. I think you know you're a freak uh, when your sex life it begins to get reminiscent of U.S. foreign policy. <laughs> I can't help it that the waterboard in foreplay just gets me so wet. Really, nothing moistens the panties like a human rights violation. Am I right, folks? Is it Fifty Shades of Grey or Fifty Shades of Abu Ghraib? It's gotten to the point now where I'm referring to my orgasms as drone strikes. You know, because they're unannounced and they destroy innocent families. <laughs> oh, oh why, why are you crying, little boy? <laughs> I don't have a daddy anymore. Let's say what you will. I do think drone strikes is better than the alternative. You know, non-consensual polyamory. <laughs> I feel like it humanizes what I'm doing a lot more. Uh, for those of in this audience who are in polyamorous relationships, can I ask you something? Where do you find the fucking time? No, for real. For real. Like, fiance and I are polyamorous in theory. But with just the, just when it comes to just holding down a work, put it this way. For the average working person, you know, the, the other 98%, Polyamory is a luxury reserved for people who can afford PAs and secretaries to, uh, to plan out their day for them. Having an affair is easier than meeting other people. I'm still going to find a way to make that other polyamory bit work. God damn it. Oh, interracial breeding <laughs> is wrong. Or as my father's people would say, wrong. Can't hate on the guy though, can't hate on, he did it, he did it, and you know what that means? That guy really knew how to mix a drink. 
He was a cosmopolitan, though. He really was. He explained it to me when he was around. Um, he said it to me when I was like three. He was like, Ken, remember, no matter the color, these were his words, by the way, if the pussy is right, we all come white. Can't hate him on this guy, though. I can't. He went through adversity. He did. For example, I don't know how hard it must have been for him to learn English when he first arrived here in this country. Uh, for example, uh, when it, how do you explain to him the concept of a mass shooting when to his people that just translates as a bukkake? <laughs> or bukkake, uh, if you want to pronounce it pretentiously. I didn't vote for Trump, but I also don't believe the sky is falling. But I do believe that MKUltra PSYOPs are the one. George Soros, the Illuminati, are financing the protest, guys. Beware the, beware the long arm reach of globalism, the new world order. Stay woke. Stay woke, Ken Suzuki. I do have a couple jokes in Espanol. Thank you very much. Que pasa en tus pantalones? Huh. Una fiesta en mis pantalones a todos vienen. It's a double entendre in Espanol, motherfuckers. <laughs> See, I got a joke right there. Also, I can say uno más cubeta de cervezas, and that's no joke. You need to know what bucket of beers is when you go to Tijuana. You know what I'm saying? Also, cuanto cuesto a tu Ritalin? <laughs> My mi amigo. Your next comedian, he is also on the showcase tonight, which is going to be the hell hat that we have. Uh, it's a really funny and very full hat that we're going to be pulling out of tonight. And he's going to be one of your comedians, but you get to hear his regular jokes right now. Clap your hands together for Adam Rubenfeld. I also hate polyamorous people, but not but only because I'm jealous. I... I really like, I, I would kill to wrangle myself one more three-way, just like before I die. And they're bored of that shit. <laughs> I look forward to trying to figure out how to have a, a three-way with two women because uh, letting one person down is getting boring for me and I need to have a change of pace. Um, no, my, my whole thing is, all right, I had, I had a couple three-ways. I know looking at me, that sounds like a lie, but it's not. So here's the thing about... Uh, two guys and a girl in a three-way. It's kind of like trying to have two DJs at one turntable. Like, eventually, you both put your hand on the crossfade and can no longer maintain eye contact. Like, you're happy, you're high-fiving, and then it's like, was that your mouth? Oh, shit. Okay. But I had, I, I did have one, um, I, I did somehow, and I know it sounds like uh, convincing, really doesn't sound safe in this uh, 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 climate that we're in. Somehow two women deigned it appropriate to both sleep with me at the same time uh, once. And uh, there was alcohol involved, and I know because there was like a puddle on the floor of the, below the bed, like on, right below the bed. Um, apparently, and I don't know how they arranged themselves, but somehow someone had vomited off the side of the bed not to my knowledge, because I'm in the zone. I'm very dedicated. 
And and she's like, I'm not feeling so good. I'm like, you okay? No, 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 keep going, keep going. I'm like, all right, cool. So we get to the part where I'm like, all right, I need to get myself some more like support so I can get this. So I have my foot go over the side of the bed, not gingerly place it down on the floor, but jump into it like an excited eight-year-old in rain boots, like in the middle of monsoon season, just like, blip! And that like shit splashed up to like the, the under knee, which is, if you all know the most sensitive part of me is the under knee. And my dick went out of her and back into me. And it did not come back out. Like there was coaxing candy puppies, nothing. That shit was done. <laughs> done for the year. So that's why I need one more, just one more before I die. Goddamn polyamorous people. And they're just so, they're bored of it. I, um, I also never understood, because I've had some girlfriends that they'll, uh, they'll limit themselves at the, at the people table. I don't, n- none of the people that I've ever dated has had anything to do with the other person I dated. Like, the, you can never say that I have a type, other than Shiksas. Down with the Shiksas, fool. <laughs> But I don't like the people go like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not good. You know, I was just never into black guys. I was never into Asian women. I was like, why limit yourself at the buffet table of life? You already paid to get in. You think you're too good. It's free already. Come on, just get, that's the frugal Jew in me. And I like, it, I mean, except for me, except for me, I'm actually allergic to shellfish. So like, I'll try to say, oh yeah, mm, how about a little Filipina? That's uh, good. And then, um, like, I'm, I'm allergic to shellfish, so uh, it's like, it looks great. I like that everyone else is appreciating it. It's just, it's, it's not good for me, which is mostly why I stay away from Latin women. Because they look great, but I don't want to die. <laughs> that was funnier in my head. Um, no, 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 let, 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 let's kill it with the, the rest of my political jokes that I thought about. We lost out on the best nickname for Hillary Clinton as our president. High C. I don't know what happened to me that day I thought about it. It's fucking perfect because it's H-I and then a C. And I grew up drinking Ecto Cooler, the Ghostbusters High C, which had some, you know, unnecessary doctor's trips with my shit and piss was all like lime green. Uh, but damn, I don't know why, no one thought of that. We thought of Hiddle Swift in six hours, but we couldn't think of high C in 18 goddamn months. And then uh, uh, my last thing about uh, um, uh, the aforementioned orange one is, uh, I, I was thinking he ran his political campaign like, like an Adam Sandler movie. It's the strangest thing, it's like, I, I didn't see it, I don't know anyone who saw it, but someone's giving that motherfucker money and he just keeps on coming at you. So I'll end it on that low note. Thank you. Adam Rubenfeld, yay. I came up with the nickname Hill Dog. I was calling her Hill Dog forever and nobody was on board with that. And I was like, how can you not? Roof, she could have said, who let the dogs out? Hill Dog, Roof. No, I think she could have gotten maybe some more black voters. Your next comedian. I don't even know, is that it? Okay, anyways. Uh, Hilldog, Dia with the double G, right? Like the Snoop, she, could, she hangs out, you know she has a, oh no, that's Martha Stewart, that's not, I'm confusing Martha Stewart and Hillary Clinton. <laughs> I'd vote for Martha Stewart for president. Fuck yeah, I would. She, 
clean that shit up. Your next comedian's brand new here. We've never seen him. That means everybody stay inside and pay attention and clap even harder because we've never seen him, which means he's either from out of town or he's new and we're going to give him all the love. So put your hands together, everybody, for Faisal Alam. Thank you. Uh, This might come as a surprise to everyone in this room, but... I am not a fan of airport security. I'm not a fan. Every time I fly, I always get searched. And what annoys me about it is that they always have to tell me that I was chosen completely at random. And that's fucking bullshit, right? Obviously, I wasn't chosen completely at random. Obviously, you put your hands on me because I'm attractive. Okay, I set the bar way too high for myself now. This is great. Uh, I, I am Muslim. Uh, well, it's going to be a fun, uh, fun four years for me. I, I am Muslim, and uh, yeah, people seem to hate us for some reason. I, you know, I can't put my finger on why, but I don't. Maybe it's our goofy hats. They do look awfully Jewy. But maybe if I educate you guys about my religion, maybe that'll help. So we, uh, we have a holy month, and it's called Ramadan. And Ramadan actually takes place at a different time every year. And the reason that is, is because Muslims go by a lunar calendar. And the reason we go by a lunar calendar is strictly to fuck with white people. It's okay, I thought it was funny. So, and uh, here's what we do for Ramadan. We, we fast for an entire month. So that means no food or water from sunrise to sunset for 30 days straight. And I imagine that sounds a little crazy to everyone in this room, but there's actually a good reason that we do this. You see, there's this verse in our holy book, the Quran, and it says, no fat chicks. (laughs) Feminists love that joke. I have no business talking about my religion. <laughs> I have no business. I'm like the worst fucking Muslim on the planet, you know? Or maybe I'm not the worst Muslim on the planet. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that uh, I'm not good at my religion. I don't follow a single rule. I break every fucking rule in my religion. Like, for example, uh, I drink alcohol. Uh, that's probably against my religion. I, uh, I eat pork. That is definitely against my religion, and uh, I only date Jewish girls. <laughs> that last one is actually not against my religion. I just do that to piss off my mom. But my atheist friends hate it. They're just like, dude, why do you bother calling yourself a Muslim? if you do nothing in your religion? And the answer's simple. It's because I want to go to Muslim hell. My reasoning is that if there's 72 virgins waiting for me in Muslim heaven, then there's 72 of the dirtiest whores waiting for me in Muslim hell. And I think then, I think the men can at least agree with me, agree with me between this. Between those virgins and those whores, those whores are way more likely to be herpes friendly. So, so. I don't know what's more fucked up, the fact that I'm willing to lie about herpes for a cheap laugh, or the fact that there are audience members who have slept with me after hearing that joke. I don't know. 
God, stand up is ruining my fucking life. But uh, I don't know. I'll leave you guys with this. I I just adopted a dog this year, like three months ago. That is probably the most applause I've ever gotten. It's weird. But I adopted a dog um, because I'm, I'm 31. And so I'm at a point in my life where I, I, I want to take care of something. But I'm actually unable to have a family. And the reason that I can't have a family is because I hate children. Yeah. I don't... I don't I don't hate all children, just so we're clear, okay? I mean, I like the ones who made my iPhone. I think that's a good note to leave on. Thank you very much for having me. My name is Fassel Alam. Fassel Alam! Yay! We hope you come back again and again. Yay! That was really funny. Uh, hooray. Huzzah. You can date Jewish chicks. That's that's not against religion. That's really great. It's good to know. I didn't know that. It's new. You learn something new every day. We'll have to have you on a Some Call Me Tim, which is a podcast on Wednesdays from 2 to 3, and we talk with a different person every week about religion, and we haven't talked to a Muslim yet. Uh, so we should... Oh, you're visiting from New York. Yeah, I'm a comic from the city. Oh, I see. He's a comic from... We, we call it the city here, too, so that's very confusing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's all this city. Uh, no, that... Yay! Well, he's all the way from New York. Faisal Alam. Yay! Uh, well, come back again and again. I will. Your next comedian might be the Jewish woman you're looking for. <laughs> she makes... She makes these delicious... There's the Hanukkah treats. Uh, hey, everybody. It's the chocolate-covered masa. It's good for all year round. She's uh, very funny. You guys are going to love her jokes right now. Put your hands together for Rachel Raphael. Look, Adam could be the Jewish woman he's looking for. We don't know. Okay? Um, I was really drunk when I met you, and I just renamed you Jewish Vests, and it still works. So I'm excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally did. I didn't just do it once. I did it like 12 times. And... And then Adam kept being like, oh, yeah, you're doing that now. I forgot. And I'm like, uh-huh. So whatever. Uh, uh, so uh, even though Trump has won, I am currently living a dream. It's not my own dream. Uh, it is specifically the dream of a socially awkward 19-year-old boy circa 2009. Um, very specific. Uh, that is, I live alone in a sparsely decorated apartment and and not completely moved in and there's so just um and i got a bunch of like free video games from like five years ago so there's a lot of like napping and not talking to other people and masturbating and playing grand theft auto chinatown wars on a playstation portable um and i mean i don't think i'm playing it as well as a socially awkward 19 year old boy is because i'm really bad at it um but that is what's happening, and I mean, I feel like 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 there's a lot of things to like about my setup. Um, a 19-year-old boy would like. I mean, there's a set of boobs to play with whenever you want. They're my own, and I'm not really into that, so it's lost his charm. But um, a 19-year-old boy would be super excited about this whole thing. So um, it's great. It's great for that person. Probably not incredibly healthy for like a 30-year-old woman. Uh, as her life, but, you know, 
Although I said this and like a 25-year-old woman came up to me and was like, that sounds great. So, <laughs> look, we can, you know, honestly, like, you know, look, everyone can want to be antisocial. It's 2016. You can do what you want. We can all want to not talk to people. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> I used to live with a bunch of roommates and I was master tenant and that meant, apparently that meant I was also like people's moms uh, and... Uh, There are a few responsibilities that I just didn't, that still haunt me, and apparently one of them was explaining to my homophobic roommate, like, that it's okay to live with a gay guy, Um, and I didn't know I'd have to do that in San Francisco or anywhere, Uh, so I I got one question you totally always get, and then I got a question that I don't think anyone ever thought someone would ask, Uh, so imagine you are a homophobic straight guy from like Modesto or just a place with one Chinese food restaurant and like one Jewish family just like be from there and then think what do I want to ask about the possibility of living with a gay guy and see if the question the the question is this what if he throws a bunch of elaborate dinner parties (laughs) what that's a thing we're worried about. Like, I don't, he should leave me a plate. I don't do dress codes. I don't know what the answer to that is. Like, I was like, well, like, we kind of have a shitty house. So anyone who wants to throw, like, a dinner party probably doesn't want to live here. Like, you know, like, you could be, like, gay and also live in a shitty house and just smoke pot. Like, it's possible. I've seen it. Um, uh, but I was like, does this work for, like, other stereotypes or, like, other things? Because I'm like, okay, like, I mean, you're describing something that's, like, either, like, not going to bother you or kind of fun. So it's like, what if, like, we get an Italian-American roommate and their response to things is just, like, making a lot of delicious homemade meatballs? And that happened to me in that, and, on you know, my then-boyfriend fixed a computer and I got homemade meatballs because of it. I did nothing. That was great. Uh... But then we got the question that, you know, you would think you would hear is, what happens if I hear gay sex? Um... I don't know what specifically makes the sound of two men having sex different than anyone else, two other people having sex. Um, Like, I have a deep voice. If I have sex with a dude, and it's happened before, if I have sex with a dude, is that going to sound gay? I feel like it probably could. Um, If you're just going, like, by bass tones. Like, when two men, like, start making out and taking off their pants, does a RuPaul song start playing? Does a drag queen appear? Like, yes, get it, girl. Like, what happens? And, um, and, like, and so I want to run an experiment, because here's my question. Let's say... I bring two bisexual dudes to my room and they have sex, but they're weirdly in a silent movie, so they're not making any noise, and I'm making all the noise, and we're all wearing top hats. Is that gay sex, and can you hear it then? Thank you. Rachel Raphael! She has sex sometimes! Yay! Yay! She has sex sometimes! Yay! I love Rachel Raphael. All right, we are moving on. Your next comedian, uh, he is also on tonight the, uh, what's it called? The hell hat thing. I'm sorry. Am I, I can't hear anything through my ears because I, I'm getting over the sickness. But clap your hands together and wash them after for Matthew Quirk. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, I tell you what. If there's one thing I've learned from this election is that we cannot rely on you millennials for fucking anything. It's just pathetic. It's horrible. It's terrible. I mean, letting Trump slip in, what's the big deal? What, a sticker wasn't enough for you guys? You needed an actual participation trophy to vote or something to make it more real for you? It's just, I'm so, it just makes me, it makes me actually not worried for the future because I know there isn't any. I mean, for starters, when society breaks down, I mean, how, how can we rely on you millennials for anything to take care of us in our tender years or in the oncoming troubles? I mean, you guys are all deathly allergic to peanut butter and bread. It's fucking pathetic. I mean, when there's an Armageddon, I just make a couple peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and fight off your whole generation. It'll be fucking easy. And when fucking hypoallergenic soap runs out, you guys are going to die from just touching dirt. It's going to be fucking terrible. Man. And your stupid fucking diets. Fucking paleo. I'm paleo. How come I'm not losing weight? I'm paleo. Because you're not fucking paleo. You know what's paleo? Shivering. Shivering is paleo. It's hell of paleo. It works your core. It's those hard-to-reach muscles. That's why those guys were so fucking ripped back then. They were shivering. Man, and CrossFit? I cannot fucking stand CrossFit. God damn it. CrossFit. Big for nothing, CrossFit. Just so you can work out more. It's fucking terrible. I saw this thing that CrossFit did on themselves. They call themselves the fittest people on earth. Man, how do you call yourselves the best at anything if you're not competing against any black or brown people? It's just fucking more like burning CrossFit. Yeah, CrossFit's so white, man. It's like CrossFit's like cocaine went to rehab and came out as a fitness routine. That's what fucking CrossFit is. Man, and just to watch your de-evolution with weed. Nobody here remembers 1987, do they? I do. Yeah, the year America ran out of weed. Back then we had weed or no weed. Now you've got all your fucking shatter dab, honey drip, vape pen, fucking which club has a special on red Congolese, who's fucking selling green crack. You got it too easy. You guys don't... Save up your joints and hoard them till Sunday because they're fucking special. You guys don't even know how to suffer for your weed. Man, we used to be upright homo sapiens looking each other in the eye. And now with your fucking vape pens, you're all a bunch of homo sativas and homo indicas. All fucking hunched over your Pokemon. Go walk off a cliff. Sucked up by a fucking nav app because you lost your ability to find your friends in a park. It's fucking pathetic, man. We could have had Bernie Sanders, but you guys fucked that up for us. So good luck in the future, millennials. No, you didn't have to cut it. You still have 15 seconds if you want to say something else, but it seemed like... He says he cuts it, he cuts it! Matthew Quirk, everybody, yay! The political nature 
And funny things. I really enjoy that he's just like me on his left shoulder. He had um, like a moth has eaten through his sweater. And they do that to me too because um, I try to save everything forever like Bernie Sanders would want. All right, your next comedian. I'm so glad he's here all the way from Oakland. Uh, you guys are going to enjoy him so very, very much. Clap your hands in a slappy-like motion for Kevin Patrick Renner. <laughs> In this it's a lot of hard work give it up for Pam there we go um, I got in a fight with my dad on Facebook the other day uh, which is the most millennial thing I've ever said in my entire life uh, it didn't help that I ended the conversation with uh, at least mom's boyfriend listens to me dad um, he did. He posted some like weird right-wing propaganda about how like the NFL players shouldn't be allowed to like talk about basically like Black Lives Matter issues, which I think is like terribly shitty cuz like, I don't know. It comes from a weird fact where like, hey, we're about free speech until black people are talking. <laughs> I don't know. It's really weird cuz like, I don't know. I think it comes from like my brother is in the military, so like my dad has to say everything that like has to be like supported by the military or whatever. But, like, at the same time, it's still weird because, like, it's like, oh, they die for our freedoms. It's like, but they still get paid. Like, that's the thing. They do. They still get paid. You know, I mean, like, you know who also does that? Uh, crab fishermen die for our, shri- for our scrimps, and no one gives two shits about that. It's literally like, God damn it, Timmy, you eat everything on that plate. Someone died for that. You eat them scrimps. They battle, they, they battle the world's most dangerous enemy, the ocean. It's them against the world, literally 70% of the world. Don't like it. I don't know. Um, let's see. Marijuana got legalized in California, which is good. I think, I think it's okay. Uh, I just hope that we stop having all these weed conventions because uh, I don't like them. We have them like every two weeks, and I think it's just like three dudes in a parking lot ready to chill. I don't like it. I mean, like, I don't know. I, f- I feel like the reason why I don't like it is, like, I get, like, uh, like people who go to, like, gun conventions go to, gun, like, go to gun conventions. It's so they can pick up some shit they're not supposed to have. Like, why do you go to a marijuana convention? Are you going to pick up your semi-automatic vape? Like, get the fuck out of here. <sighs> My whole thing was like I was listening to the radio uh, because I live in 1946. Uh, I was listening to the radio and this Halloween themed weed commercial came on uh, called Halloween, which fucking good for you, Bong Draper. You real nailed this one. <laughs> My whole thing was like, I don't know. They were also advertised it as having a haunted house, which why? Why would you do that? There's no reason for that. The last thing I want to do is get, be high as I'm having a panic attack and having some failed actor play pretend to try to scare me. Like, as a performer, that scares me because I'd just be high and just be like, ah, my dreams are bullshit! <laughs> I don't know. All right, I got one more minute. Um, I don't know. I feel like if you really wanted to scare a bunch of stoners, you'd probably have to dress up as, like, you could just dress up as police officers or like a disappointed mom. Like that is a, that is a stoner haunted house. It's gonna happen on this Thanksgiving. All right guys, thank you very much. Dress up as police for a haunted-
haunted house. That's really funny. That's one of the only things I'm legitimately scared of. Fuck spiders, mice, not scared, frogs, whatever. But policemen, <laughs> I'll run the other way, screaming, especially if I'm on acid. <laughs> I'm like, are you even a policeman right now? Why would you go to a haunted house not on acid? Important questions answered by Kevin Patrick Renner. Your next comedian. I'm excited. He, I just got his application for the second annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, and I can't wait to watch his video, even though we get to see him right now. So I'm super stoked. You guys, clap your hands wildly in a slappy-like motion for Kevin Wong. Thank you. Thank you. Am I super late for this? Because I feel like I am. I apologize. Uh, Kevin, back-to-back. We have back-to-back Kevins. I'll explain why I'm late. You guys know that Starbucks, they are serving beer now? What? There's the Starbucks out in San Ramon has beer. Coffee and beer, coffee and beer. They just want to own my bladder. That's all that Starbucks just wants to own my bladder. So this is what happened. Coffee and beer, coffee and beer. That's all they do. That's, I don't know. They just want to own my bladder. Just, you know, pee, 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 pee. Free Wi-Fi. That's all I have to deal with. I, so this is what happened. I go there. I thought, I found out about it on Monday. I went out there today and I was like, I got to do it. I got to do it. And they go, I go, can I get it to go? And they go, no, you have to drink it in here because we want to see what witness, we want to witness what loneliness looks like. So that's, that's what I did. It's, it's the fourth loneliest thing you could possibly do. First lonely is, uh, online dating. Two is Facebooking. Three is perving over Asian women. Four is getting drunk at a Starbucks on a Friday. To where you can't even drive here. That's that's what it's like. Then I did the fifth only thing. I had to sober up at, at Taco Bell before I came out here. So that's how I... Oh, so I apologize. Thank you guys for sticking around. You guys you guys look good. You guys look good. All comics, but I appreciate it. Greg, you look very... Where'd you get your burrito? Not too shabby. I um, You guys see the Millennium Tower? The new Millennium Tower? It has sunk 16 inches. You guys see that? 16 inches. 16 inches. That's good enough for a first down. You know, you... You look at your skyscraper neighbor, you see eye to eye, and all of a sudden you look up his nose, and the guy goes, hey, hey, eyes up here, eyes up here. I think it's a great place for a breakup. You know, your, your ex will go, you go to hell. You go, I am, I live there. That's all it is. Uh, I did some research. It's 16 grand for a three bedroom, three bath. 16 grand. For a month. A month. The Millennium Tower. So obviously their, their slogan is because we're going down to rent shouldn't. Yeah. Uh, so I guess Alec Baldwin has a job for the next four years. We can see that. <laughs> Clearly, this is how I know uh, America is Asian because we just like a little bit of a challenge. You know, and that's what we have to deal with. Yeah, try telling your parents you're dating a, a white guy. How about this? Now, now try telling your parents you're dating a seven-year-old slightly racist with very limited vocabulary. You know, humongous, disaster, nasty. That's all he has. I don't know. I, I woke up. I woke up. I thought it was a dream. I thought it was a dream. Then I saw Barack Obama and Trump shaking hands. Then I see Melania Trump and Michelle Obama in the White House chit-chatting. Michelle goes, nice speech. Mich- Mich- uh, Melania goes, I know you wrote it. That's all. It is. Yeah, I, I think we're going to be okay. I think we're going to be okay. I think uh, at the very least, nothing's going to happen. Oh, maybe Trump might get a little of a... Uh, might get a little culture in them, might pronounce Beyonce correctly this time. 
other than that, nothing's going to happen. Why? Because I think we're going to take care of each other. We're all going to help each other out. We're actually going to take care of each other. So we don't have to worry about Mr. Crazy. I don't know. That's just what I was thinking about that. Um, I saw One Direction broke up. Now, One Direction broke up. So now they're known as multiple directions. Unlo unless you're Justin Bieber, then it's just no direction, right? I'm a little wrong. Um, I, uh, I had to move out to Hayward. Yeah. That's how I know. I'm prepared for this. I've lived there for a year and a half, so I'm prepared for the next four years, right? <laughs> I, I got, this is what happened. I went for work, and I had my backpack, and I pulled it. The door got stuck, and I locked my keys inside. I had to pay 120 bucks to break into my own place. Yeah. I, all I, then I thought about it. I was like, man, you, you live in Hayward. All you have to do is just knock on your neighbor's door and go, hey, can you let me in? I don't know. All right, thank you guys so much. <laughs> Kevin Wong, breaking into houses. I just leave the window always slightly ajar so I can like, you know, slide it, break into my own house. Uh, yay. Hey, you had a, you had a lovely uh, Melania joke there for a second. I actually uh, hate that uh, pretty cunt. What I got to say is uh, I don't know what her new thing's going to be that she's going to make the kids do, right? So Michelle Obama, may she rest in peace. Uh, I mean, she's not going to die, but she was really into like making kids not fat or whatever. And I feel like Melania is going to do the same thing. But instead of championing like good food, she's going to be like, it's bulimia. It's great because you're still a really good consumer. You're eating a lot more food. You're eating about four times more food than you would normally intake. And then you're barfing it up. So you're like a really great consumer. So I think that Melania is really going to be championing bulimia as the new thing. And then also uh, softcore girl-on-girl porn. Check out Playboy. Yay. Go watch that hot video with her and another girl with Band-Aids on their crotches pretending to lick them. I haven't actually seen it. I don't watch porn. It's really sad that this is a real thing that I'm talking about. You guys can all go look it up because it's softcore porn. It's everywhere. <laughs> it's so easy. It's not even... It, porn isn't illegal anyways. All right. This has been a weird end of the... So, um, <laughs> Zach Pierce is not here. Jason Cole not here. Just check in. Mama Bases. Paul Brumba not here. Cool. That means that I get a break for 15 minutes in between shows, which makes me really happy. Uh, this has been the happy hour. This also makes me very happy. We went through many, many comedians and clap for yourselves right now. Yay. Yay. Uh, yeah, and join us. Stay and join us for Pamphtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. It's a hell hat tonight. It's a mere $5, but you get a treat. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. It will make you have a good time. Well, you're going to have a good time anyway because people are pulling weird stuff out of a hat and fucking Steve Poggi sat in here getting drunk and wrote the weirdest shit down. You guys are fucked tonight. Uh, all right. Stay tuned for the next show. Thanks for being here on Happy Hour. Always listen to Mutiny Radio.
of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission High vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission High for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. 
In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini and creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them! And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads gonna come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, 
happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! You got it. I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes. And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! Sucking on my titties like you wanted me. Calling me all the time. That Bondi, check out my Chrissy behind. It's fine all over the time. What else is in the teachers of peaches? Like sex on the beaches. Uh, what? Fuck the pain away. Fuck the pain away. Fuck the pain away. 